That looks absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, fantastic. Well, good evening, I'm Suffolk Ram. Skazius. And we're to episode 144 of the Randoids podcast with new graphics. Yep. Thank you, Zabe Moore. Thank you. I was going to say, thank you, You've done a phenomenal job. These look absolutely awesome. And on guys on the audio version, you can't enjoy this. But if you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash randnerds, uh, or Twitch, twitch.com slash twitch.com, <laughs> twitch.tv slash randnerds, I catch me out every single time. Like, how dare um, they change it? Why do that? Why have a different... Why it's like those people who have time? their name dot photography or what the hell ever the new domains are. I was like, they're not domains, dot com. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Why have we made it more complicated? Why can't we keep it simple? His emails are bad enough, but yeah, if you come trudge to twitch.tv slash randers, you too can enjoy our new graphics every fortnight. So, but no, they look absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. I'm really pleased. We look almost professional. Yeah, no, nah, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> not <I'm> quite. quite. <laughs> but we, yeah, so we, we look are. professional up until people see the host and they're like, oh God, it's them. <laughs> yes, hopefully we sound more professional as well because. I've got better audio. Now, I was going to say you upgraded. I upgraded by a lot. Went from a thirty-five pound. Well, I tell a lie. It was a thirty-five pound microphone as part of a set that included the arm, the pop filter, and an and, and, and audio interface and a cable. The audio interface I'm not using, but everything else I was using for the thirty-five quid setup. So wow, that microphone's probably that microphone's probably worth a tenner. So and that's with markup. Yeah, I was so, going to say that's um, really pushing it. <laughs> So I've put, yeah, I've pushed the money out and bought myself a um, Rode podcast pod pod mic, mic, pod mic. That's the one. So games we've been playing. None. And again, we've been teeing. Well, that's not true. I had my I, I broke my I had, I broke my sea legs this week. You did. It was fantastic. I uh, I joined up CFE, which is very weird because you messaged me about playing CFEs about ten minutes after I got and purchased it. <laughs> that's awesome. I was like. You know, what about this? Yeah, it's like, we'll get fancy playing CFEs tonight. It's like, funny you should say that. I've just bought it. It's downloading as we speak. How'd you find it? I liked it. The little briefly parts I played. I liked it. That's fantastic. Um, like, that's it. I liked it. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Well, no, I do. I've really sort of like properly got, I've got sort of a taster, I think is what you would say, of the sort of whole thing. There's probably a lot of stuff that I didn't ever touch you know I, st- I steered a ship successfully that's one thing I can do is make the boats go in the direction I want the boats to go I did um, between me and Zabe we did a handbrake turn that was fantastic just what I'll throw out there just what I'll throw out there you were playing the Steam version we were playing the Microsoft Store version yeah there is a bug with Xbox though because apparently I'm a Voctive, Voctive Ruby 299 because that was what Xbox gave me as my gamer tag when I signed up. That I was really weird it. as well, because you actually told it what your name was going to be. And then, because on, on the actual interface, I could see your name. But in game, it shows up the old times. Apparently, it can take 24 hours to 48 hours for it to update. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so, good, because at least that way I was able to find you on the... On the thing. Now, yeah. we didn't do any Tall Tales when you played. Well, we did the first one, didn't we? Did we do the, oh, no, we did, t- didn't we? We did the, entire, the entirety of the first Tall Tale. Um, Zabe Moll and I have now done the second and third. Um, uh, so you've got to do those. Those are pretty fun. Cool. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Yeah, we saw. Sorry, I know we discussed about CFA's pool, but just in case there was anybody new, it's a pirate sim, basically, but very cartoony, very much based in the film, like the, the films and stuff, pirate sim rather than actual pirate sim. Make your own fun. There's very literal, yeah. actually pre-planned kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's emergent gameplay, scars. I think is what we would call it. Oh, is that what we call it? Emergent game, emergent gameplay. Yeah, that's a term. That's that's a term from the nineties. That is, that's a term from where you have a game where you have lots of little individual systems that are, but they're all sort of detailed. But you then let them interact in interesting ways. So like Thief, Dare I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've no, never heard of it. Legit, never heard really. Of it. Plus, because I, I, I tend to, I like games like that. I've got that sort of element to it. So I tend to seek those sort of games out. Those games like. They never planned for these systems to interact like this, but hey, why Surprise, not? it's now a feature. Surprise. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's all this all, and it's all like, oh, yeah, I, it's, it's, you know, a situation where you, like, your two mates get together and you explain the game and say, oh, yeah, well, I did this, this, and this, mm-hmm. A, B, C. And someone says, well, I did X, Y, Z. We've got the same outcome, but they're completely different possible ways, but they so both worked, but they, were, sure. they both worked out, yeah. But they weren't like a pre planned. Say sequences, so they there is put the the code there and let it just come out of the code. That's what I try and do in the, sort of the games I work on. I'm trying to sort of make the same thing, but also little systems. I'm hoping they'll interact to make an interesting thing. Sure. So, Sounds but yeah, no, I really enjoy. It is, yeah, I really enjoyed um, CFEs, and I hope we can. Well, I'll be up for playing that again on our next game night. Dude, if you're up you've, for we've it. got to. How does it work when you're like multiple? Does it like go, when like you go to do the Tortoise, does it go by like the lowest level, like the lowest stage person, or how does that work? Uh, they basically, assume- they basically function just like uh, a regular bounty, uh, or or like a regular like mini quest kind of thing, just with more stages, more detail to them. So, uh, you know, like gold hoarders will will ask you to go and find treasure. They'll give you a map. You go to the island. You dig dig stuff up. You solve a puzzle or riddle. Find the island. Find the treasure. Dig it up. Take it back to them. Then you've got the order of the souls, where um, you'll have to go to an island, you know, and then kill a skeleton, then take the skull back, um, and then like the merchant skills, you have to pick stuff up and and, and all that. A tall tale is basically a combination of all of those things put together. Yeah. Um, it doesn't... I, I always thought they leveled up based on how many people you have in your crew. Because uh, we have done a four-player tall tale before. The second tall tale. And it was much harder when we did that this uh, last time than it was when just Zabra and I did it this time. So I don't exactly know how they scale, but, you know... Presumably more enemies based on how many players. It's probably something like. Well, I remember the you know, I remember the boss um, actually did massive damage when we first did it. But Zebra and I took her out with a sword this time. So, but I'm just, that's what I mean. They probably like look at it and go, okay, it's, it's it's based on how many players in the group. Okay, do this multiplier based on how yeah, many sure, players sure. and so forth. Can't look how we theorize they should make hunts PVE. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Sort of level it to the players. And so forth and whatever, yeah. No, I um, thoroughly enjoyed it. So yeah, if you if you wish to experience this, you can come join us on Tuesday at 8pm GMT plus 
on twitch.tv slash scazius and twitch.tv slash the suffolk ram and you can watch our extra exploits and watch us sink now close out there zebra and i played last night and we got chased yep. for 40 minutes by another human team across the map they they chased us all around the map it was fantastic that must be one slow chase yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty big slog. They did manage to catch us a couple of times, but we ended up wrecking their shit. So it was fantastic. Oh, marvelous! <laughs> if it was Hunt Showdown, this... we'd have been rocking it. It's this is where me and my sniper rifle would have come in because I'd have gone back there and shot. Them. Uh, dude, I ended up getting it. I ended up picking up the sniper rifle for myself. Which, as you know, not my groove. But I was like, that's it. I need to take these guys out. They're chasing us. I've had enough of this. Yeah. Say he was trying to long range him with a shotgun. I was like, that's not going to work, dude. <laughs> no. How many were on their team? Did you work uh, out? It was, uh, it was two and two. So uh, me and Zaber versus uh, another small ship. The annoying thing is they actually, we logged into the server, got on the ship, and they chased us right from the moment we logged in. We sailed right past them. as we, So we were leaving as they were coming in to dock. And they literally just spun straight round. One of their guys jumped off the boat um, to attack us. We killed him. And then uh, they just chased us from that point on. And yeah. so we, we got into several firefights and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they were just chasing us across the map whilst we were trying to complete this tall tale. I was like, fuck's sake, we're trying to get on with our mission <laughs> That here. was it. We were like, if they fucking do us in right now, I am not going to be pleased. Because we, we were like, you know, we'd gone a long way in this tall tale. A long way. And we were only planning to finish the Tall Tower because they've now put in checkpoints for the story missions. Um, we'd done a bit the night before. And it's like, oh, well, all we've got to do is go from here to here to, to finish the mission. And they fucking followed us the entire way, the bastards. <laughs> That's about typical. So how does it work for you? You say, obviously, because when we played Tortell, you did die once, but you then respawned on the ship. Is it a case of if you all, you get a, you get, your party gets wiped? No, no, if you, you wipe fail? and your ship is still afloat, you can respawn on the ship. As soon as the ship goes down, though, you'll just respawn and the ship will respawn somewhere else. So the ship's the, the trigger, as it were, yes. rather than the parties. Oh, that's interesting. That's, yeah. that's quite interesting. So as, lo as long as your so, ship is still floating, kind of, I mean, you could literally be about a second away from it going under, you can still respawn on the ship. Yeah. So, so and what if your, if your ship, so, and I'm doing this case of if you're still alive and your ship is sunk, you've sort of had it, really. Yeah, if, if, yeah basically. And then, um, if you're still alive, alive, the ship has sunk and you haven't gone down with the ship, because you can get pulled under by the ship, um, a mermaid will rise and you can tell it to teleport you to the new ship. Hmm. Unless you get attacked yeah. by sharks, as Inky just said, at which point you're a bit stuffed then. <laughs> so, death isn't really a much of an inconvenience, really. It's more um, of an annoyance. It's, it's not so much of an inconvenience as long as you haven't got a deck full of treasure. Uh, because yeah. as we established in a previous podcast, you don't actually get rewarded in Sea of Thieves for just digging the stuff up. You have to get back yes. with it. And so yeah. if we're in a tall tale and they kind of stole the plot items that we needed to do the tall tale... I, I'm not actually entirely sure how we'd go back to do it. Um, mm. Because we did have stuff on our deck, so we were incredibly protective of the ship. 
Um, unlike normally, like, oh, we've just done some Gold Hoarders missions and they've just wrecked our shit. We wouldn't really be all that bothered. But because we were doing a main storyline quest that takes many hours to do, we were like, we're going to actually have to try and, you know, yeah. en engage the other team. Um, Is there a respawn timer for when you die? Uh, I believe it. I mean, it's really brief. It's really, really brief. Um, you know when you so when did did you die as well, or was it just no? Okay, I didn't so die. when you die, you basically go to like a ship of lost souls. You respawn on the deck of a ship of the dead uh, in like this kind of otherworldly place, and basically you run from the front of the ship to the captain's quarters, and all of a sudden the door of the captain's quarters will just fling open, you walk through it, you go back to your ship. Uh, that could take yeah. a few seconds, uh, you know, 10, 20 seconds, sometimes a little bit longer, but, you know, you just have to wait for it to load in and, and off you go. So there is an effect as a respawn time yes. in effect that yeah. is one. So you, you can't just literally pop back up and start, you know, get back into the fight kind of thing. Um, so I was thinking in your case with your other players, you're chasing you. If you were to take them both out, you've got like a, some seconds to sort of make an escape as it yeah. were. Yeah. Before they come back. Because there were ship. a couple of times where we killed a member of their crew and you could see that it did quite significantly have their ability to chase us. Um, but yeah. when their character respawned, they very quickly got back on our asses. So we were never yeah. enough. We were never able to do enough damage and kill enough of their crew to make their ship go down. But yeah, if if it was if they had a bigger ship, um, they would have had a lot more trouble against us. But because they're only on a on a small ship, a sloop, it wasn't that big of a problem for just say one person to go and patch it and still fight us and all that kind of stuff. Um, but obviously, if we if the, if they had a much bigger ship, like uh, the the um, I can't remember what the biggest ship is now, uh, galleon, the galleon um, that has multiple levels. So if I started taking pot shots at the the lower levels of their boat, that would take them much longer to you know travel from the top of the boat, the top deck, the upper decks to the lower decks, um, and and do the repairs and then get back up to reengage in the yeah. fight. Yeah, it slows them down, doesn't it? Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, all in this, it's reasonably it's okay. It's reasonably well balanced. We also took out some NPC ships as well because there are now M more NPC ships. Once upon a time, oh, cool. you only really ever saw galleon ghost ships. Now you can get chased down by sloops and the middle ship that I can never remember what it's called. Uh, but one of those just decided it was going to pop up alongside us in a random event style thing. Just take that out. Um, it's nice what they've Do you, done. Can now. you can you like board them and like yeah, yeah oh, you can work? you can board the enemy ships. Um, you can steal what they have on deck. You can fight them on their own boat. You can lower their anchors too. So that's a, a nice tactic if someone's got a bigger ship because obviously the bigger ship it takes longer to raise their anchor because it's heavier. So what yeah. they try, what these other players tried to do to me and Zaber the other night was they tried to board us and lower our anchor. But the trick is the sloop is designed for a two-man crew, so it doesn't take long to raise the anchor. But if all of a sudden you're getting chased by a galleon, if one of you jumps overboard, hops onto their ship, and drops their anchor, they are effectively stuffed. Um, and you've yeah. got plenty of time to get away, because it'll take... They either so have to get all of their guys together to raise anchor, or it's going to take one guy a long time. 
So it's actually so actually a possibly valid tactic could be almost have like a suicider, yeah, someone who just goes across there and says, "I'll just cause carnage on their ship for if it's thirty seconds till they kill me." Yeah, that gives you guys a bit of distraction to sort of get away, and I'll respawn on you. Yeah, that's 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 actually, that is a, a valid tactic. We've done it before. It's it's always kind of fun as well. And um, I remember one time we played with a pirate legend. So a pirate legend is a level fifty character. Or someone that has gotten all of their alliances up to level 50. He joined us and we got attacked by a group in a galleon. And he decided, him, solo, he they stole all of our stuff, took it to their ship. He was then like, I'm not having any of this. Jumped overboard, got onto their ship. Um, killed their crew and then steered their ship into an island and sank it. Ooh. So that's another thing that people tend to do is they you'll get up back on board their, the enemy ship, kill a couple of their crew, and then just just quickly just turn it off into another direction. And then, to be fair, if you've got someone steering your boat, in theory, you could actually send across all three of the other players to their yeah. ship. Yep. And let that one cause absolute carnage. Like the one person who steers to sort of try and steer us out of trouble and hope they don't crash. Yep. Um, and just cause absolute carnage. So it's 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 interesting to give tactics to this. As, as long as you're on a smaller ship, it's a lot easier for for one person to do everything. Because obviously, as you get to a bigger ship, you've got more sails, which means you have to adjust more sail angles, and they're all like in different places. Whereas if you're only on a sloop, you've only got one to deal with. You go up to the next ship, you've got to deal with two. With a galleon, you might have to deal with three. Um, you've got yeah. to make, obviously make sure that you know everything is in the wind so that you've got, you're have got moving at yeah. full speed. But um, if your goal is to disrupt the other ship sure. and just, like, just keep moving, you won't move very fast, but yeah. you just keep moving. We'll just cause as much disruption. You know, it's going to be a lot harder There's, to take out three of us. It's funny, actually, because uh, there is actually a, a PvP-specific, like a, 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 almost like a deathmatch mode. Uh, where you actually see other players going, and you'll see this kind of stuff regularly. Uh, you know, players jumping overboard to board other ships, and uh, you know, uh, trying to steer other ships into into islands or, or to all of the things that you've mentioned. Very valid tactics. There's people mm. are so good at this game as well. It's 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 insane. Like the way that they all coordinate is fantastic. Because there is actually an in-game chat feature as well in Sea of Thieves, like what we mentioned last time about um, Hunt Showdown, uh, where they yeah. ha- they do have like an in-game chat feature. So the thing with um, Hunt Showdown was that the in-game chat feature was supposed to be the way that people communicated, so that um, other players would be able to hear you talking with your teammates. But no one uses it; they use Discord. Sea of Thieves has well, pretty much the honest. same. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Chat. In Hunt Showdown, trying to communicate with text chat, it's just no, no, no. There's there's a voice chat feature in. Oh, sorry, I thought about chat. Sorry, I thought about the text chat. And there's the same thing in Sea of Thieves, so that if you know if you fall out of range of your other of your teammate, they can't hear you, and you have to grab your megaphone and shout through the megaphone and and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's cool. It's neat. That's uh, that's that's cool. That is neat. I mean, of course, I've I've ever used in-game comps. I've always used. I used to use Skype, I used to use TeamSpeak, mm-hmm. and I used Discord. We've used in-game comms on, on things before. One of the best implementations um, back in the day was a game called Crime Hounds, where um, and as the mission started, 
your base beacons out of like a you've got like a radio tower on your base and then obviously the idea is to go and either destroy the other base the other team's base um or destroy all of their suits and their their, their other like pilot uh, mechs if you move out of range of your base you can't talk to each other anymore until you uh, re-establish it. You establish another connection. You going to a checkpoint or a communication tower, and players could fight for communication towers. So you could actually disrupt the other team's communication by kind of sweeping round and taking other towers and that. Um, that was always fun. I remember a game, and it was a game quite. I it was one of the few games I played online. I didn't play many games online, as you know. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Um, I can probably list on one hand how many games I actually played online multiplayer. But this one I did play quite a lot online multiplayer. It was Command and Conquer Renegade. Oh blimey! Yeah. Now I don't know if you ever played the multiplayer version of that. Or I didn't on that game. one. No. The multiplayer version of the game was based because Command and Conquer Renegade is first person Command and Conquer Tiberian Sun. Okay. As best, so that's basically it. The multiplayer was basically like the first person version of the RTS mm-hmm. in that both sides had a base. And the base would have, um, if you're a Nod, you had an obelisk. Um, if you're a GDR, you had the sentry post. Mm-hmm. You'd have a vehicle factory. You'd have your um, multifunction building. You'd have a barracks. And you'd have a Tiberium refinery fits everything you had and you literally your type you had your refinery was actually sending out harvesters to harvest tiberium would take it back to the refinery and that would go into a pool of money mm-hmm. that you could then use to play to spawn vehicles or spawn special characters mm-hmm. the trick of it was though if you destroyed the building it was gone mm-hmm. so the way to win was you had to destroy the enemy base and you could destroy it just like from the outside of missiles or so forth. Or you get inside, you get to like there'll be like a little command unit inside that if you could, if you like put C4 and you destroy it really easily. Sure. But it was really cool because you were actually sort of. It was, the goal wasn't to kill other players, it was to destroy their base. Yeah. And, you know, and the, and the defense, the base was well defended. The, the, the North Tower GTO base was really hard to get past. So you'd have to sort of like storm it. If you went one on one, you'd probably lose. Mm-hmm. But if you stormed it as a group, you could sort of like, Tom would get in there. Because really, the only way you were going to take those out was to get in there with some C4. So I, I, I remember doing like raids, there'd be sort of like six or seven of us. We'd just storm across the map at this base. A couple of engineers, just hoping that the engineer wouldn't get took out first. Mm-hmm. And he'd get in there, put his C4 on it. It was actually really cool multiplayer mode really neat idea it was a bit more interesting for you. it was I, I it was great fun and you can actually just go back and you could just like oh I've got, I'm going to buy a vehicle I'm going to buy a you know a tank and so forth and it was yeah it was really cool mm-hmm. That's so good. yeah it was that's one that I, I'm going to be honest this one I never really I never it didn't get very good reviews it got a pretty bad write up I actually quite liked it sure um, you know, I played. I played quite far. I mean, the levels were huge. I think I leveled. I think like, the first level took me like a couple of hours to get through. I take it they've binned it off now. Oh, um, well, yeah. I would have thought so. this is ancient. This is to about early two thousands. Sure. I was just gonna say, uh, like, it's on, not. It's not one of the case. ones that they've remastered or anything like oh, that. Oh no! Let me have a C C Renner Renegade. Uh, Renegade was released 
Well, it's developed by Westwood, so that gives you a bit of a clue how old it is. Damn. Uh, released 2002. Can't blame me. Okay. Yeah, that was a. I said it got. We didn't get terrible. I mean, it got a bit of mixed reviews. I mean, like some people get like four out of ten and so forth. So it's like well, that's not very fair. It was actually a neat little. Well, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. That was all three games I played online. There you go. Not the first game I played online, which was Rogue Spear, but one of the few games I did play online. Yeah, fun times. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you know. Sometimes you can really tell. They put care into their multiplayer mechanics. It's not... Don't get me wrong. I, I don't mean to sound like modern games don't really do a great job, but like... Sometimes I'm not a huge fan of just like Team Deathmatch online and then releasing 20 no. versions of the same game with the same mode. Stuff I've like Sea of Thieves and Hunt have been really fun for me because of the way they've kind of tweaked gameplay and yeah it's not pvp is not the main part of the game mm-hmm. well i suppose you could argue hunt is a very important part of the game but it's mm-hmm. not quite the main yeah. part but it's, it's definitely high up cfes actually i'd say oh, PvP is, for what for what i've heard and seen it's actually relatively low down in yep. many ways it's important but not there are a lot of players in Sea of Thieves that will completely ignore other ships if they see them. Yeah, you know, they'll just they'll just pass each other and just you know wave at each other and and all that. Yeah. So, but no, I do I do I like a I want to have a bit of a twist on it. Sure. Um well, I quite like that game of PUBG play. I quite like that actually because it's a bit different. It's a bit deathmatch, but a little bit of that twist with the sort of like player getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. What I would like to have done is, if there's someone getting the same match, which is probably quite easy to say, because we'll all be on the same match anyway, is see how small a player would actually get. Right. I'm just intrigued at how small does it go but before it likes to... Did it not pretty much consume... We got down... To we like got down really to like, we were like right. Up, I mean, we, got, we were down to a house in size. We so. were down to a small building, but I was intrigued to see... Does it get to the stage like you have an area where you can't both stand in? In How Radical small? Heights, it literally... So, not the same game, obviously, but um, generally in Battle Royale games, the circle just shrinks to the point that there is no safe space at all and the players will constantly cool. take damage until it's over, until one of them drops. Ooh, yeah. That's what I was just intrigued by. <laughs> so... Right, Sea of Thieves then. Mm-hmm. That's fun okay. game. Fun game. Um, so I've been playing a couple of bits. I visited a game that I talked to the podcast. Oh, probably a couple of years ago. Probably on our, our. I feel like yeah, I might have talked about it on episode one hundred. Even. Um, I play a game called The Light That Keeps Us Safe. Um, so it actually got released. It was in early access when I last played it. It's got released October last year. Sure. Um, so I decided to sort of go back into it today and sort of play it and sort of see what's changed. I got sort of like sort of just past all similar points. Um, but yeah, so I'll just quickly go over it again because um, it's been a while since I talked about it last. Um, it's a made by Saint of made so you're being hunted. Sure. Um, which has a multiplayer mode. Just throwing it out there. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> Um, playing with something made for say you're being hunted. 
and you are set some sort of post world where you are like the last survivor of a of humanity and you need to um basically you you've been you everybody else has the world got took over by looks like some sort of alien invasion of robots and everybody left they went to the lights they called it they all left um you are the ones who start you to stay behind but you're running out of food and supplies and it's like okay you can't stay here any longer you need to go you need to leave as well but you need to get parts and supplies and power to get off the site yeah so it's um you have a central hub it's like a sort of semi-safe area it's got some threats in it but they're like there but you know about them you just have to be really stupid to be killed by them um but you leave the hub and you and the and each hub and the hub will have other levels attached that you leave you go through the bunker it's called the hub it's called the bunker and you go to these levels and so the mechanic of the game is you have no weapons it's a stealth based game but your only weapon is basically uh, a torch as in a light up torch oh fantastic and yeah the call cool the light keeps safe because basically most robots don't like light they don't like it so the levels will have like areas of light you can stand in which they won't come into um but you have to use your torch now as you as you get more parts electronic parts for it you can upgrade it and the levels are locked off in the way because you can't get to them unless you've got a certain upgrade so there's an upgrade that allows you to power up like these state these power stations and there's a level which is behind a door that has a power station in front of it so until you've got that upgrade you can't get into it it's a linear progression you know you have to the, the upgrades yeah, you get are stage okay. by stage um so you upgrade each stage you go ahead to the other areas and that's when you then sort of count it now each area is procedurally generated um so it's randomised what it's going to be, although they have a rough sort of theme to them. So you, when you play it twice, you'll never get the same area twice. Cool. So you'll get to the area, and you're basically all stealthing your way around, avoiding um, the robots, solving puzzles to get into areas, game machine parts, which is a big thing. You just clean these little things called... Um, oh, what are they called? Oh, like, no. But basically, the power source required to power up this, uh, like, teleport or whatever it is to get you out there game and that's what you're doing so that's basically they sort of implement most they sort when i last played they didn't the first few years they've now done the last few and i've been playing it it's like i've i've been enjoying it it's, it's a very atmospheric game beautiful atmosphere um some of the robots are more annoying i think there's like this one level where there's this big hulking like ufo type creature that just as soon as you spawn the map it knows where you are and just keeps heading your direction very slowly sure actually so you have to keep moving away from it oh, okay, sort cool. of like yeah to be honest, that can be a little bit annoying. Um, it'd be nice if perhaps after it attacks... Because it chases you, when it attacks you, you're pretty much dead. It'd be nice perhaps if it attacks you and hits you and hurts you. You had like a shutdown, cooldown period where you could escape from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be quite nice. But I sort of like sort of playing. I thought, so I was right. I thought, I want to see what sort of how it looks, see what's going on with this. And I'm a bit disappointed. I'm actually very disappointed in the developers in that they've pretty much abandoned it. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um... Because after playing that four, I saw I had a look to see. First of all, I went to look back at Say Being Hunted, which was released in 2013. I looked at the sort of Steam discussion and all that sort of community hub. And there is a lot of nonsense. People saying, oh, you can add, like, people like 
post from 2019 saying, oh, can you add this to it? This would be good if you could add this to it. It's like, guys, this game was released in 2013. It's it's finished. Yeah. You know, they're not going to gonna keep adding stuff to it six years later. Mm-hmm. You know, move, move on. You, this is the game. That's the game. It's finished. It's done. It's pretty stable. Live with it. But pretty much they've just dropped off in. Their last update for the game was when they announced it being released and there's been pretty much nothing come through for it since. They're not being actively on the discussion groups. Um, Their official Twitch account, they've not treated anything in like nearly a year. Mm -hmm. Um, Their website, their website, if you go to their website address, it takes you, it redirects you to the website, the official website for their previous game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, So it's like they've, I mean, so I don't know. Look, does, does it? Do you feel then that they've just gone? Shit, we need to get this out, tacked it together, lobbed it out, and run. From what I've played, it feels pretty solid. There has got some bugs in it. Um, mm. It's a bug I encountered when I encountered an early access, um, where if you, I was climbing a set of stairs, and I basically took off. Oh wow! Started flying across the map. Fantastic. And I could. St- steer as it were by turning the mouse but I couldn't move forward or backwards okay. so I had to sort of like what I ended up having to do was sort of steer myself round because I was going sideways as well mm-hmm. I had to steer myself round until I was pointing at the bunker door and aim and sort of <laughs> like hit the bunker hit, drift, hit the bunker door then act, use activate key to take me back to the bunker to reset it all because obviously right. something tricked and upset the physics engine and couldn't work out what to do and just sent me flying physics need I not apply sort of, on this one appa- yeah and I've put down early access issues apparently that, that, that bug's still there so they've got a bit of a and Bethesda syndrome going on then yeah they've like I wonder if they've been off more than they can chew I mean it looks really nice I mean, some people play with the grass but for a team of three people it looks really good mm-hmm. It looks really impressive for two, for three people. I, I mean, it, it's fine. It's got great atmosphere, but it just it feels like they've just completely walked away from. It. There's been not a single update from them in the months, it's and they just really. sort of it's very sad. They just sort of vanished from the face of the earth. Um, mm. I mean, I know a couple of the guys, not personally, but I know who was in it, and they're still on Twitter and stuff. But they seem to just have disappeared. It's really sad because they made one of my favorite games, Serbian Hunter, which is a game which I've but it's one of my favourite games. I was going to say you, you, you raved that game. Something yeah. hardcore. Yeah, I've, I still play it. I still play that game now. Um, but yeah, it's just really sad to see them do this, and particularly when they seem so in touch developers. Or mm-hmm. all, all I'm going to guess is financial issues. Yeah, I'm it's, gonna it's sad them. though they didn't. I mean, maybe they had to sign something to say they can't mention that the studio's stuffed, but. Maybe. Uh, we know how of indie devs. You live and you die by your games. Yeah. You really are. Yeah. And I think Sir did very well for them. And, but then I don't think their other games were told, which was quite neat. It's, it's got positive reviews and so forth, but I don't think it was. It sold enough, probably. And then this one's probably not sold as well as they thought. And it's just not done enough to keep them going. Okay. Uh, I, I suspect the studio's. All but collapsed. Sad, I suspect. Really. Sad, really. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, I just wish they'd come out and say it. No, yeah, well, that's what I mean. That. That's what it seems a bit mm, about it. That that 
you know that's happened i mean um it's funny actually you say about the games aren't going to be updated years after coming out uh, i remember something happening to a fighting game called Skullgirls back in the day and they ended up in the mm. middle of a legal dispute with their publisher it wasn't them um but they were in the middle of it uh the publisher was in trouble for something and because they were kind of closely tied to the publisher they got stiffed over and they ended up having to work for free for like an entire year just to keep the game going Ooh. because they had no other way uh then the game got pulled from stores by the publisher and then they had to find another way to re-release and rebuild their studio um it's it's painful really sometimes you have no idea what's going on in the background and sometimes you just wish someone could say look this is what's happened um we're sorry yeah. uh we've tried our best uh please enjoy what we've done but this is this is it i think the trouble is is that the gaming community can be somewhat how can i put this nicely Toxic? <laughs> oh, no, uh, never. The yeah. gaming community? No, no. Yeah, I know. I know where, where the byword, the, you know, the gamers are the byword for, you know, tolerance and understanding. And if you, I could just say, put it out there saying, guys, we've hit financial issues. We're basically going bust. Um, we're not going to be able to afford to update anymore because we're just not going to be there. And they would get reamed because people say, well, you shouldn't have sold like this. I demand a refund, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You know how it would be. Mm. No, you are right. Yeah, because, yeah. So I can sort of see, and also I think in case someone's it's a case of burying your head in the sand, you know, you, you see it going downhill and you don't want to admit there's a problem and you hope it's going to get better and it doesn't. Yeah. No, I get but the this is Yeah. This is all speculation, of course. There might be a massive, there might be a big massive patch come out tomorrow for it. So yeah. it's all speculation, but it just has that whiff about it. Sure. And if they do, yeah. And if they do, you always say if they do, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. Um, but that's how that's how it happens. I think, with, especially with indie studios, is you, know, you make it or you don't. Yeah. And you and like like rock like bands often there's a lot of one hit wonders out there they'll make one thing and if you're lucky you'll be make it big and you'll make millions i mean look at notch and minecraft i mean he's tried other things since but nothing's i mean i think some of his equals. projects have literally disintegrated yeah exactly uh, he's know, he had minecraft he had scrolls he had uh some other stuff but yeah. all you really hear of is minecraft i mean in the case of notch I don't think he needs to worry anymore. No, he's, God, he's no. pretty much set for he's set for life, really. Mm -hmm. So I think he needs to worry anymore. But yeah, it just goes to show actually when you it, when you have that one hit wonder, you are sort of doomed in many ways because every time you develop anything else, unless it's as good as your first one, people say, "Well, why don't you carry? Why don't you carry on making X, Y, Z?" And or you're stuck just making mine, just updating Minecraft for the rest of your life. So sad it's just sad. It is sad, and I mean, all fair, they tried to do so. Well, I know it's all like a spiritual successor to say. It's like a spiritual successor to say being hunted in many ways. Mm -hmm. You come with feet. It's like say you've been hunted in like two hundred years time, but it it's just sad. Um, it's just sad that they've just abandoned it. But we'll see. The other game I played, and this one is finished. And there's not going to do anything else to it. Um, it's cool, and it's a very short game. It literally took me thirty minutes to play. Oh right. Yeah, it's called Paratopic. 
Oh, okay. It's a little indie walking simulator game. Another walking simulator. You really like those, don't you? <sighs> Look, what I tell you is, guys, I get home on a... I, even on like a Saturday when I tend to do my walking sims, I tend to get back from the farm. I've been at work five and a half days. Mm-hmm. I want to sit down on my PC, just relax and not have to think or require twitch reflexes. And so I break out the walking simulator. No, I get the like, yeah. I get it. So sometimes you just want to sort of like not have to interact too much with a game. <laughs> sometimes you just want to put your head on the desk. Put your hand over WASD, put your other hand on the yeah. mouse, and just you don't even need to look at the screen, just go. <laughs> yeah. Have all no text, have all voice based, so I can actually sort of close my eyes and just listen to it and just accept the visuals are good. Yeah. And that's basically if I could be yeah. bothered to look up at the screen, I'm sure it looks fantastic. I'll just hold W yeah. and we'll get to the end. <laughs> yeah. Power Topic doesn't look fantastic. It's star well, that's not fair. It's a stylized game. <gasps> right, okay. It's it's stylized to look like um I would say and it has been stylized because it's made Unity, but it doesn't look this bad. Um oh, it's, been stylized look, it's been stylized at like sort of say early PS one game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting you know how like choice. you know do yeah, do you remember how like in the early in like, the early PS one games that the, the a character model, their face be like a like come to a sharp point in the middle where their nose is yeah. and it'd be like two halves past either side. That's basically how the character models look in this. Wow. Just to give you an idea what it's like. And it's very sort of like sort of fay two bit sort of like you can say are you sure they just yeah. don't have a handle on geometry. Possibly that as well. Pass is a case of, look, we're really shit at making character faces. Let's call it a style and be done with it. Hey, I would. <laughs> that's, that's what, yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, so that's that's my excuse. My game because I look shit. It's a style. It's like when I, I, saw, like when I play guitar, mate. Like, you know, yeah. same chords every time. That's the exact same thing you played last time. Oh, yeah, yeah, mate, style choice. Totally. Hey, work, it worked for status quo. <laughs> Does that work for Nirvana? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, what are you complaining about? Um, but yeah, it's a little game. It's actually, you play f- three characters. You're playing a smuggler, mm-hmm. an assassin, and a bird watcher. Uh, and you are... Okay. Yeah, I know. It's like, sort of like yeah. Choose your class. What a trio smuggler, right there. Assassin, bird watcher. Special abilities. Has a camera. Yeah. <laughs> Walks around with binoculars <laughs> and a bag of seed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. default starting equipment: camera, bag of seed, binoculars. It's I spy book to bird watching. <laughs> <laughs> and you got the assassins got like poison and guns and yeah, it's, just, it's not the same as the bird watcher, is it? You know, clearly the, the, got the, the bird watcher is the OP class. Yeah, smuggler's got you know the anal cavity and the <laughs> <laughs> little baggies. <laughs> little bag, yeah. Clearly, that's what it is. Excellent. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so you're playing these three characters, and it's sort of like jumping between their three points, and it's also meant to take place at roughly the same sort of time period, I think. Mm. But you are jumping between them, and you're sort of so you're, it's all seeing the characters through. And it tells a little a little story about these three people, and there's some hint there's some sort of paranormal thing going on. But it's not entirely sure what it is. Sure. And it's about, I said, it's about half an hour long. It was interesting. I enjoyed for the half hour I played of it. I enjoyed it. They do want to charge you nearly a fiver for it, which I would say no. Um, Get you know, it on the not... sales. Hard sale, sell. If if was, if I developed this, I would say I'd actually put it out there free as a look. 
this is what we're trying to do. Have a see what you think. I I I feel bad charging for it if I'm honest, but not my game. I can't. That's not my choice. Um, but I but I I, I think if it was one ninety nine, it'd be more acceptable. But four seventy nine for a half hour experience that you'll put you'll play through once stings a bit. You know, there's lots of other indie games out there for like six quid that I've got will give you 10, 20 hours worth of gameplay. No, I get the So, game. yeah. If it was longer, you know, if it was a couple hours long, I'd say fair enough. But it's just a bit too short. Sure. So, but it was an interesting experience. But yeah, so I would say if, someone, if you like Saw Voices and you want something a bit strange and weird, which all indie walkers say it's, you know, tend to be strange and weird... Something to pick up in the um, Steam sale. If you want a walking simulator, there is both uh, strange and weird. Dear Esther Band. So, yes. piss take of Dear Esther. I need to play that. Uh, and Dear Esther as well, actually. So Get it done. I will do, I will do. I'll play one after the other. So That's it for games. Um, just a couple of things I want to talk about. So, um, last podcast, we were discussing the new edition of Warhammer 40k, 9th edition. Managed to get it. You did? Well, I did, yeah. I put out there on the podcast, said, by the time you hear this, it'll be open for pre-order. Go on, guess what you're about to pre-order it. That might have been a bit premature, because they slightly underestimated how popular it was going to be. Okay. I think. They opened pre-orders up at two weeks. There's a two-week pre-order window. They opened pre-orders up at 10am. By three minutes past 10, they had sold out. Oh. Because hmm. <laughs> I was at the farm. I was working. I was at the farm and I was on my phone with 4G and I logged into my Game Workshop account. You sat hitting refresh, DDoS. And I was. Every 20 minutes refreshing. It's all like between like, okay, I fed those pigs now. Let's see if Games Workshop have unlocked it yet. Because I didn't know what time it was going to be unlocked. Yeah. Uh, and I refreshed it. It's like, oh, it's available for pre-order. Add to basket, go to click it, browser crashes. Uh, so I was like, no biggie, go back. Not available anymore. I was like, what? What? Not available? Raspberry Pi syndrome. What? Yeah, so how did that happen? What? I've never known a Warhammer sold out so quickly. They have sold... So the pre- this is the new box set called Indomitus. Previous box set was called Dark Imperium. They have apparently had more, from what I've heard, they had more copies of Adominus sold by, in that time frame than they sold of the whole Dark Imperium run from when it was launched about four or five years ago. Holy shit. Yeah. They have severely underestimated how popular it was going to be. What the fuck they happened? Were, I mean, that's a hell of a jump. Not scalpers. They have been... They, yeah, well, they, well, they did some stuff for scalpers. To deal with scalpers, they are sort of triumphing. So, they first of all they did a lot of. They were very good at building the hype up of it. So for the last like month and a half, they have been doing you know daily posts on their Warhammer community site. They've been doing Twitch streams mm-hmm. where they've been like discussing the new models, showing them off. Or they go through the they've done unboxings. They've been doing um, like place playoffs between yeah. different like units in the get in the box. They've been doing lots of stuff to sort of preempt this and get it sort of up there. So they've really built the hype up. Um, and they actually work... They, I think they had a tweak. It was going to be more than they expected because 
a few days before the announcement when they released it, originally it was going to be limited to six boxes per person. Was the original release six boxes per person? Yeah, that was that was insane. That was insane. They dropped it down to three. A few days before, they said we're going to drop it down to three people instead. I still think it should be no more than two. No, for sure. I, 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 uh, I mean, what do you need more one than a is, couple of sets unless you're running a club? Yeah, and if you're running, it, yeah, and you know, but then you know, if you're running a club, you probably wouldn't be buying it to be honest. Well, yeah, so no, but if you, I can see someone buying two if they like to like one for themselves, one for pride. I could see that. But I can't find the people who they generally would want to buy free, as in they generally need free sets for free purposes, unless they're going to be sent on. That game started getting listed on eBay almost immediately. Yeah. It hasn't even been, hasn't even been sent out to people yet, but it's been put on eBay almost immediately. Um, so, what were they to do? They had a two-week pre-order window open. It's meant to ship. So, I'll tell you what happened with me first. Okay, so, on. after that happens, like, shit, what am I going to do? So I was really, I was hyped as well because it looks, stuff in it looks really cool. So I started going through all the um, various um, shops I know in the area. So I woke up Anatar in Lowestoft um, and I asked them, hey, can I, there's a pre, I want, are you got any pre orders available for the new Warhammer 40k box set? And the person said to me, bless her, she said, oh yeah, you can order Warhammer stuff when we do our next order, we'll send it in. I said, no, no, no. If you've not ordered this already, you ain't getting it. The pre the trade orders were like the day before, but like about two days before the public trade the orders. Yeah, yeah. So if you've not ordered this, you ain't getting this. That's not happening. So I was like, forget it, basically. In a yeah. nice possible way, you you're not going to help me. Thank you very much for your time, but I'm fine with sure. go elsewhere. Um there's another truck that wasn't open till midday. Um there was one in Yarnfields over, I rang him up, and the guy there was a misery, he said I said to him, I'm only using pre the new 40k box. And he goes, nope, I do not deal with games workshop. They're a horrible company. I have nothing to do with them. I don't have anything to do with them. I advise you to steer clear of them. I was oh, like, wow. Oh, yeah. And I basically said, well, thank you for much your time, but I'm going to have to go elsewhere. Sorry. Yeah, I yeah. I was like, okay, say I don't deal with games workshop. I, I, I actually lose respect. People start bad-mouthing other businesses. Hmm. You know, I just say, oh, no, I don't deal with games workshop. I'm sorry. And that leave it at that. You know, that's all I would have gone. Fair enough. Moved on. As soon as I was bad, I was like, oh, I don't want to deal with you for anything in the future. I just don't want to deal with you. Um, So I'm sat there on my phone. I'm sat in the farmyard thinking, what do I do? So I'm looking at it and I notice the Games Workshop in Norwich opens at 11 o'clock. All right. And I think to myself, I wonder. What are the odds? They can't have. They won't. So dead at 11 o'clock, I ring them. They answer. Have you got any pre-orders available for the new 40k box set? Yes, we have. I said, you are kidding me. He goes, no, we know they've sold online, but we've still got about 20 left. I was like, you are amazing. I want to put one in, please. So I pre-ordered it with them. And I go down to pick it up in, a couple, in about a week's time. I'll be, I'm going to be going down to pick it up. I won't, tell you what time, I won't say what time I'm going to pick it up in case I get mugged. Yes, <laughs> So some other thing, I didn't get a box set. When's Ram getting his? He gets mugged. For, <laughs> like fucking, you get mugged by a scalper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I'm going down there, yeah, on the um, tra- on the when it gets released to pick my box set up. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I was I was amazed they had a copy left. I had twenty, twenty. Left. I was absolutely amazed. Uh, one, I do feel sorry for those ones. I've spoke about Goblin Gaming before. Yeah, I feel very sorry for them. They were taking pre-orders. 
And because um, a lot of people were saying after Games Workshop went out saying, oh, go to Goblin Game, they've still got a few left. And go to this place. And every time I was going, they would all, I was trying all these other websites first, mm-hmm. and they'd all run out by the time I got there. Golden Game put about four or five hours after everything sold out, they put an announcement up on their Facebook page. And they said, we've had a bit of a technical issue. Um, our back-end software, Shopify, which we use for our e-commerce site, yeah. was being so, could not ca- keep up and was basically not de-incrementing de- the counter quick enough. Oh, dear. Could, oh, dear. So they had 300 copies of what they had. Oh, and this is going to be bad. It, couldn't de- it, w- it was bad. They haven't said how many they have oversold. Because it was set to 300. They'd also set up so that you could only order 300. They set up so you could only do one per customer. They'd all set up. They thought about this. They'd done everything they could, actually. They really could tell they thought about what they're going to do. They did all the stuff they planned for. But Shopify basically couldn't update the counter. So it's been under so many requests, it wasn't updating the counter quick enough. Sure. So, like, 10 people were buying the same copy. Good luck, Goblin Gaming. Good luck. They well, to be fair, they went straight out there. They got there with a few. I say, look, this is what's happened. It's a technical issue. We've spoke to um, Shopify. was saying the situation that they're looking to try and rectify it for future issues. Won't happen again because it's something they've never considered happening. It's obviously they've been operating for years. They've never had this problem, mm-hmm. or at least they've not said they've had this problem. Before. I suspect they probably have, and just don't worry about it. Sure. Um, and they've had to say, right, we are now actually going to be contacting people within the next 24 hours let them know if they have got a copy. And we'll be contacting people. We'll actually be going through the records and working down to the millisecond to find out who got each copy first. I hope they don't get a huge amount of backlash for this. I mean, I think they've got out there really early. Yeah, now, but you know what people have... like, as you said, yeah. gamers are pretty, mm, even tabletop guys are pretty, mm. <sighs> Yeah, it can be. And they've gone out, there'll be some, something's going to have to happen with this, obviously. And, you know, ultimately, they chose to use that software. That's their, on their, unfortunately, this happens. They could do everything right, um, but somehow, sometimes a bug does stop with you. If you, you said bit software and you didn't make sure it could handle that. Mm. Oh, it's something you think. No one, I don't think anyone thought this was going to be this popular. No, for sure. I certainly didn't. I know they've sold out often before, but usually it's within a few hours. Um, last time I ordered a box, a pre order box set often for the new edition a few years ago, I, I went on about an hour and a half after it launched, I was able to order a copy. Mm hmm. And about sort of eight hours, it's sold out. So that's what they were expecting. They weren't expecting minutes. So I do feel sorry for them. So hopefully this won't backlash. But I think they at least they got out there quick and they sort of announced it. And they've been, I, I. But you are right. They will get some complaints about it. They, but I hope it will be. Hope some people understand. They have said so they're planning. They're planning to get a second wave mm-hmm. of additions through, which is not what Games Workshop have said. So. How have Games Workshop responded to this? Because everybody's quite angry at Games Workshop for this, because this is usually making enough, which they clearly underestimated as well. So what have Games Workshop done to respond to this? Well, actually, I thought what they've done is actually fairly decent in some mm. ways. They will now make you a copy to order at oh. the same price. So you can go on their site now, and you can order it, and they'll actually, they're resetting their production facilities to basically make them to order. The box sets will be done to order for you. They have said it's expected lead time is 120 days, which gives you an idea of their Ooh. manufacturing capability. But they will make it to order for you for the exact same price. 
that's I think it's best they could have done. You know, what more can Valkyrie, they do? Yeah, without kind of saying we ain't going to make any more, they basically that's the best they could have done was that. So in that episode, I say actually go on them, and as someone said, they fucked the scalpers off because people explained to, the scalpers were probably rubbing their hands when they saw it sold out. If they got their copies, yeah, and they saw the game had sold out, I think Marvels I could probably sell it for twice the price. Mm-hmm. But now the games workshop, if you're prepared, to, some people aren't going to be prepared to wait. No. If you're prepared to wait, though, why would you? You wouldn't buy off a scalper of eBay. And let's be fair, scalpers are pretty thick. Uh, mm. As an example, so you know the mini consoles that have been coming out over the years, like the yeah. NES Mini, Super Nintendo Mini, Mega Drive Mini, stuff like that. When the uh, when the PC Engine Mini came out in the UK, it was being sold, I believe, exclusively through Amazon. Mm. Now, almost immediately from day one, they were coming up on eBay. Like hundreds of pounds, like 100, 150, 200 pounds. But the funny thing is, they were scalping a product that was still available. Yeah. It was. It was they bizarre. Were, they were lying on people not, but they were they were lying on people not looking. Yeah, yeah. That's what I bought stuff off eBay and it's bidding. I watched the bidding go. Think, hang on a second. I've gone and googled it. It's like, well, I could buy a new copy for now. That's less. It's being bid for. Yeah, for sure. Because people haven't bothered to just Google yeah. it. I've seen that with you hardware know, too. I've seen that with hardware yeah. too. You know, you're, you're looking. So, it starts off as a good deal, and all of a sudden you see people paying more than retail. Yeah, this is why you don't on eBay. You don't bid at the start. You bid at the end. Yep. You put your maximum bid in at the very last second, and if it's high enough, you'll get it. Yep. If it's not, you're not. But that's the price you're prepared to pay, and you're not going to be encouraged to pay more. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. And I've, I mean, I, I, I made it, when I first used eBay. I was saying I used to make was I used to bid straight away. If I use eBay now, I either do buy it now. Yep. If I can't get it cheaper elsewhere, or I bid at the last second. Okay. And that's what most people do. And I know they say, oh, it makes, I've, I've seen so many sellers say, oh, it makes no difference if you bid early or bid late. Yes, it fucking does. Yeah, for sure. It makes a hell of a lot of difference. Don't try and pretend it's not. You, I, I appreciate you want to serve as much as you can or make sure you put a reserve for as much as you want for it and hope you get more. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of sympathy for that. That's the game's purpose. So, oh, inside all first games, what they have sort of tried to resolve it as best they can, mm-hmm. but ultimately it's a production line process, and you can only make them so quick. Yeah, for sure. So, well, but, good, good oh, but, in the grand scheme. Yeah, I know they get a lot of flat to get to it. They do. They are. They do, They are. I think not the greatest when it comes to dealing with independent shops. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they will say, "Oh, we want you to sell a whole new range of this. Here's what it is. You need to sell it." Um, but they are busy in the day, and I think. They do well enough, and people do well enough out of them. Yeah, to make it so. But yes, unfortunately, I lost. I lost access to my little special edition stuff, which I could have got if I got the pre-order. But nah. oh well, I'll live. Will you? As he then goes on eBay and picks up like six copies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But I will be sat here next podcast. My Indomitus box set. Going, hey, I got it. I got it. Here it I is. didn't get mugged. Cool? Or is it a body cast? Yeah. Yeah. So, in case you want to know, um, I'll be going to Games Workshop at 2am in the morning. That's when I'm going. Fantastic. 
Mm, yes. Mm, yes. Two out of, yeah, two out of the morning. That's where I'm going. Random note: You do know there's a place in Alton Broad that now sells uh, Warhammer, right? Oh, was that new? Uh, yeah, DD. I think it's called DD Music. Oh, um, so they want to the they're not on the stockers list. It's it's, li- oh, it's literally been open like a couple weeks. They haven't shown up yet then, because there's two. The ones I know about are Anatar, so a small selection. Um, Omega Games in the bus station. Yeah. Um, that's who I tend to go to. I when I I do often buy local. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I did before lockdown. Um, that's who I used to go to to buy stuff from. Sure. Um, because he was a local shoppist, yeah. stockist. But I didn't know what an Alton Border opened. Yeah, up. I I don't imagine they're going to have a huge selection because they're you know they're kind of like, you know how you'd go to Norwich back in the day and you'd have like a place that was selling like pop vinyls and DVDs yeah. and you know little bits and bobs from everything. Uh, they're like that, a very small shop, but they also happen to have Warhammer. So, like Avatar does. Yeah, they've got like, like have like a one, maybe two stands. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I do like going to. I honestly do like going to little shops and like looking at the models and picking them up and trying to convince myself not to spend that much money on something. You know, on my thirtieth, when we went to um, we went to that takeaway restaurant uh, just across from the Broads. Oh yeah, it's literally uh, just down the road from that. Oh, right. so down near Flames. Oh, really? Across, okay. Yeah, across the road from the Waveney and the Lady of the Lake. Bitch in the ditch. That's the one. That's the <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I'd go over check them out when they are oh, lucky for them to start just open now. Though it's not great. Yeah, time I know. The, the, the so, do you remember the old dairy in Alton Broad? Ooh, vaguely. So it used to be like an ice cream shop and, and all that kind of stuff, and it used to be run by an elderly couple. Well, I never went there. Yeah, well, that, that, it got sold off, um, or it got closed a long time ago, and it sat empty for the longest time. And they have uh, completely repurposed the building. So it's now like four or five shops. And oh, one cool. of them is, you know... There's like a cafe and a hairdresser and a florist, and then you've got this little music shop that also sells DVDs and and bits and bobs and Warhammer. So, you know, maybe people could go and check that out. I will. I'll have that after when I. I, I I'll be honest. With this, with lockdown moments, I am only going to shops for essential purposes. No, I, I get the groove. Um, I'm not. I'm not comfortable yet going out and just browsing around shops. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. That. Um, I'm. You know, I. This ain't over yet, you know. We're 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 in a bit. Of, I think everybody's have got a bit of false security at the moment. What's mm-hmm. going on? You know, the figures are dropping down. There's going to be a second spike. Well, they ain't dead yet, so clearly there's nothing going on. Yeah, I'm not comfortable. So I've not been to a, all the pubs we opened. I'm in a friend said we're neither going to go to a pub. Sure. Not for at least the others will go to a pub. Will probably be Christmas. I understand that. Before. Yeah, yeah. That's if it's if no if everything is stayed low by Christmas. Yeah, no, that, we'll go that, to would, a pub. that would be my approach too. Yeah, but I suspect figures are going to skywalk in the next couple of weeks. Oh yeah, for sure. No, guaranteed. Dave, I'm doing everything up. Yeah, there I are practically people down. So the the pub down the road from where I live, um, literally the moment uh, people found out they were open, it was full. It was absolutely full. Yeah, it was ridiculous. There are practically people licking each other. On the fucking so street. It's a pub. I just want to say to them, guys, it's, it's like when McDonald's opened up and they were queuing down. 
So McDonald's opened up. There's a roundabout. And there's like a road. They were cooling down the road opposite yeah. to McDonald's. It's like I went because I went. I had a look on the day they opened. I was at work. We I worked obviously just down the road from McDonald's. I thought I'm just going to pop down and see what it's like. I was. I thought and if I'm I'm not going to probably buy anything. If it's completely empty, I might be tempted to, but I'm not going to just yeah, sit yeah. there. And I got there, I saw the queue, I thought, my gods, I am not that desperate for a burger. Yeah, for sure. But as it was, a couple of weeks later, it all settled down. They're practically empty bother- now, from what I understand. Yeah. yeah you don't, it's like being back at normal. If you, I mean, let's say, you used to, if you used to go there at 6 o'clock on a normal day, you used to queue. Yeah. So it's no different now. Um, if you go at lunchtime, you'll queue, but then again, that's how it was in the past. So it's basically back to normal now. Mm-hmm. Um, when I've driven there anyway, it's been sure. like that. So um, I've had no problems going through there anyway. I've, I've had to go. It doesn't feel. It's like feels like pre-COVID times when I go there. It's probably yeah. the best way to say it. Um, they're open for breakfast now as well, which is handy. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's all. I mean, I've not. I'm not sure what KFC is like. I must have not tried KFC yet. See what their cooing is like. Uh, we haven't um, been down there since since we last actually spoke about it on podcast when they opened up and they had tailbacks all over. Yeah, so I've not tried it. Uh, one day I will probably, but I don't know. I just haven't felt the haven't felt the urge for KFC. No, I get the. Don't groove. know why. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. So yeah, but I want to go there. With my mask and my fingers will have it. So it'll be fun. There you go. It'll be fun. Okay. Um, the last thing I just wanted to talk about um, was the news that happened early part of this week, which was a bit of a, was a shock to me. I wasn't expecting it to happen. Mm-hmm. I actually felt quite sad when I heard it. Um, Granted, Mahara died this week. Uh, an aneurysm, was it not? Yeah, brain aneurysm. Now, for those who don't know, um, if he was on, Myth- if you don't know him, and if you ever watch MythBusters. And I don't mean this in a rude way. He was the Asian one. There you go. That's but yeah. If you watch it, it's all this. He, that was him. You had the Italian guy, the chick, and the Toy Asian. Toy yeah, yeah. And it's not been a good year for Miss Busters because you know the um, uh, Carrie when she went off maternity leave, they had that person substitute for her. Mm. Um, she's dead. Oh really? She yeah died in a land speed record attempt. Oh Christ. Yeah, I think she died last year. Jessie, I think her name was. Oh, right, sure. Or Scotty. She died, yeah, she died. She was trying, and she actually did break the record, but she died doing it. Damn. Um, but yeah, she's dead. And obviously, they've lost a couple of their, uh, so a couple of people died who worked on it. I mean, Mistbusters is still technically a thing, is it not? Just not with... No, no, it's gone now. I'm sure they were still running it, because I had a look on Google Play, and they still had episodes up, but it wasn't with... The original team. And, no, I'm sure. Uh, no, Grant, um, Tory, um, and... Um, uh, 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 Carrie, yeah, Carrie, Carrie. They went off and did something else anyway. They did the White Rabbit project, which wasn't brilliant. It, it had the nub of them trying to do something interesting, mm-hmm. but it was a bit too... It didn't know what it was. Sure. Uh, it was on Netflix. It, did, it, was a, it was a science show. It didn't quite know what it was trying to be. I had no sort of personality. I can't, you know, I could describe it to somebody. I could say it's a science show that explores some sort of topics, but so vague you can't. Mythbusters like they they test commonly held myths to see if they're true or not. Yeah. Um, this was yeah. I couldn't try. It wasn't the White Rabbit Troy was very. I watched it. It was. It was. It was very meh. It was no Mythbusters. It was, it was okay, but some of them were really crackingly good. 
and some are really struggling struggle to find content for. Yeah, clearly. Um, but yeah, as far as it works, I I vaguely think that it's, um, I thought um, Adam and Jamie Hymas actually had some owned some of the rights to MythBusters in terms of name and stuff. I believed. Um, I don't know. So, so Jamie, he's now basically he's just sort of like retired completely from TV and stuff. Yes. He does. He's been building stuff for firefighters, like designing vehicles and stuff. Oh, for. sure. It's quite cool. Alan does his tested program. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Jamie used to do that too. It used to be Amy and uh, uh, Jamie and uh, Adam. uh, Adams uh, uh, tested, but then Jamie took it when uh, MythBusters disappeared. Yeah. Uh, or when they said they were going to do the final stuff together, uh, he backed off from Tested as well. Yeah. Not that he yeah, had I much of a seat in Tested, to be honest. No, I mean, that's, I think Adam and Jamie didn't get on, I don't think. No, they didn't. Uh, they got on professionally. They were very good professionally, but they weren't, personality-wise, they weren't, they, they weren't, I don't think they were like, let's go around each other's for lunch type No, they people. No, they weren't. That was That was made very clear. That's fine. That's fine. It's a mm. professional relationship, and they worked well together professionally. And that's all you need. And let's face it: half the people I work with, I wouldn't go around to have lunch no, for with. Sure. But we're fine at work, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's quite yeah. So I, I also I watched Adams. He did his um, uh, special broadcast on Granted Bahama, and you could tell that they were obviously quite close because there was a few times where he almost lost it. Mm-hmm. And it was quite hard to watch actually in places when he was there talking about him. So because he was he was a, I mean I didn't realize also I knew he was in the movie. He did some, like, Disney at some stuff. point, didn't he? I can't remember what it was called. But he, there was a department he, of... he did. He worked for. He worked on a lot of the ships for Star Wars Episode One and Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did. Um, his most recent thing he released was he's done. I think he's doing animatronics for like the Disney worlds. Mm-hmm. I think it's what he's doing, and he did a Baby Yoda animatronic for it, sure. which was he put out there on YouTube was very popular. Um, so he was doing quite a lot of stuff. He's a very smart guy. I mean, I, I, all of his I didn't realize he did, um, and he was involved with. Um, like I found this out from Adam Sandler. You know that Adam's impression of Jamie, where he gets his fingers and wiggles his fingers. Mm-hmm. That's Grant's invented that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, weird things like that. So. But yeah, it was it was a real shock when I saw the news that he'd died of a brain aneurysm. I was like, I, when I put up in my feet, like, no, can't be. Mm-hmm. So really sad. It's a sad. I thought there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of people in this world who I'd rather have gone instead of him. So sure. quite... I'll be honest with you, I haven't kept up with any of the crew from MythBusters since MythBusters stopped being a thing. So. I always have follow them um, I've got I'm um, subscribed to Adam Savage's channel on YouTube so mm. I see his stuff pop up I don't watch a lot I don't watch a lot of it because I tend to I've subscribed to a lot of channels I can't physically watch them more yeah, sure. um, Tori and Carrie I've, 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 I've sort of I looked up them up after this and, but you know it is when it pops up you sort of look up and see what they're doing now type situation but yeah really really sad not sad to see him go and it's, it's such a scary thing to happen. I mean, brain aneurysm. Well, just, I mean, no you, you, you don't you don't know. One minute you're there, the next minute you're gone. That's 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 yeah. the thing. Sometimes you know, sometimes people have symptoms form. Mm. It's not that's not totally true. Mm. A lot of times it's you're gone, but sometimes people do have um, 
symptoms form because I think it was um oh, I've got to get her name right. Is it Amelia Clark? Who played Daenerys in Game of Thrones, like the bad mm. the bad sort of queen about Game of Thrones, the sort of one who has all the dragons mm. in Game of Thrones. If um you probably I'm sure you, if you're not Game of Thrones fans, you'll you would when you've seen pictures of Game of Thrones, you'll just seen her on there somewhere. I think she actually had a brain aneurysm when she was at the gym once. And she realised something was wrong. She had to rush in. She actually has a charity um, to help people. Because if you survive them, you can, they're like having a stroke. Yeah. yeah. You can be quite severely disabled afterwards. So she was very, very lucky. She's not very old. Mm-hmm. The other thing about me is there's no sort of real age risk touch. And you just, I know for sure. It's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's there. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying, actually. For sure. It's, and this is one of the things you could, yeah, it's terrifying, but at the same time, you can't be scared because you, you'll never know. No, that's it. Well, I mean, that, you so, think your body is so complicated. Yeah. Uh, you know, just cherish every day you have and. Yeah. And keep moving forwards yeah. until you can't go anymore. Yeah. So, Grant will be missed. Bless him. Bless him. That was all I want to speak to you about tonight. That's all I've got on my list. So, unless you've got anything else to talk about, I've Ed? got nothing, son. Got absolutely nothing. Marvellous, marvellous. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching uh, this ep- our podcast. This is episode 144. Um, I'm going to record it on the 18th of July. It's my new thing when I say the date when it's recorded. <laughs> just to make it easier. Well, for all of us all listeners to it, it makes it a bit easier to talk when we're talking about something else. And that, that, that's, yeah, that's all wrong talking about. Yeah, it's because we talked about it beforehand. Uh, 8th of July 2020. Um, our next podcast will be on the 1st of August. Mm-hmm. Um, come join us on our podcast on twitch.tv slash randnerds youtube.com slash randnerds uh, we broadcast at approximately half past nine GMT plus one mm-hmm. um, every two weeks next one's the first you can also come join us every week for randnerds games night which happens at approximately 8pm GMT plus one um, on again on the twitch channels uh, twitch.tv slash Suffolkram and twitch.tv slash which I've now got written on the screen so I can actually see how it's spelt. Yeah, good job. And it's uh, SK Tuesdays. Force, uh, yep, Tuesdays at 8pm. That's every Tuesday as well at 8pm. Mm-hmm. And the previous week's episode I try and get put up on the Monday before. Good job on those, by the um, way. So I'm glad you're doing you. those and not me. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite I'm, I'm, I'm quite pleased actually how they're coming out now. The sort of late, as I saw, I've, I've got better at them. So I'm quite pleased how they're getting out. Um, but yeah, so thank you very much for watching. I uh, look forward to seeing you next time. So, if anyone's over here, oh, for me, the Suffolk Ram. <laughs> Scazius. We'll see you next time. Take it easy, guys. Bye now.